0: Welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers on IrishTalkers.com.
1: Welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers, your Toastmasters podcast, which you can download onto your podcaster if you put in simply Irish Talkers. Our website is IrishTalkers.com. And today's episode is going to be led by distinguished Toastmaster. Moira O'Brien, and she's going to draw on the 52 tips, one for every week of the year. And Moira, which week of the year, which tip are you going to pick on
0: to give us today? Well, before I pick on a tip or tip on a pick, not quite sure which one to choose there, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Craig Valentine's 52 speaking tips. I'm sure most of you will have heard of Craig Valentine. He's the 1999 world champion of public speaking. And he has become a world-renowned, I would say, motivational speaker and speaking coach. He runs a number of courses every year. And you can also join his website and have their irregular conference calls with Craig and with other people, which is really, really valuable. But what I want to talk about today is probably the first thing that I came across when uh, I found out about Craig Valentine, and that was his 52 speaking tips. And what you do is you sign up on his website and he will send you one tip by email every week of the year for a whole year. And this is great because... It doesn't bombard you, but it allows you to build skills on a week-by-week basis. Now, I'm not going to go through 52 tips because, <laughs> well, you'd be very bored by the time we got to the end of it. However, let's just dip in. Now, I have a number picker wheel here. Have you ever come across this? It's uh, It's called commentpicker.com forward slash number-picker-wheel.php. It's a really useful piece of software. You can use it for choosing order of speaking in contests. It's very useful for that. But I'm going to use it now. I've put in 52 tips and I'm going to spin the wheel now. Boom. And we'll see what number comes up. And it's number 30, no, number 21. Okay, so let's have a look at tip number 21. It says, watch where you are stepping. Hmm. And what he does is he will suggest that you watch a 15-second video. Actually, no, this one is not watching the video. It's just he he writes it down. So he says first, he said, I said, look, I've got to talk to my wife about this. I went home and I said to my wife, honey, what should I do? And she said, take the money, fool. All right, that's the first one. Second version. So I went home and I said to my wife, honey, I don't know what to do. What should I do? What should I do? Then my wife looked up to me with her big brown eyes and said, Take the money, fool! What's the difference between those two clips? The first clip, which was made much earlier in his career, shows how he used to step on his laughter lines. You literally heard him say something like, I'm just kidding, after he said his line. Well, of course they know that he's kidding. Do I have to say it? No. So when you give your punchline hush up, don't say anything, don't move too much either. Then let your audience laugh fully before you continue to speak. Too many speakers make the mistake that he used to make, which is to cut their audience's laughter off. In truth, that's rude. OK, so that's the first half of that. That's there's the there's a second half, and it goes into a little bit more detail about this. And it's a very good tip. I love the idea that you don't step on your audience's laughter. Have you ever heard people, you know, when they they make a joke and then whilst you're still laughing, they carry on talking and you've missed the beginning of what they're saying. But not only that, you haven't given them time to absorb what you're saying. Do you resonate with that one, Paul? Do you resonate with that one, Paul?
1: I certainly resonate with this. I like to have a cup of tea in between my joke and the next joke,
0: <laughs> uh, I can always rely upon you for some comment like that, Paul. Okay, let's let's spin the wheel again and see what we come up with this time. Okay, the wheel has stopped and we've got number twenty-four, and this one is entitled "The Visual Before the Verbal." Okay, again, I'm I'm going to be reading from this, so forgive me. So when often it comes to storytelling, speakers have one character give a line of dialogue and then the other character responds with another line of dialogue. Those speakers are on the right track. After all, at least they're using dialogue and not narration, okay? However, the biggest piece in the conversation between those two characters is missing. And what is that piece? It's the visual reaction that the characters should give in response to what was being said by the other character. Okay, I can't demonstrate this because this is audio, not video. But we'll try and uh, exemplify what Craig is talking about here. And this is an example. I'll never forget a seasoned Toastmaster named Alan Mish came up to me afterwards and he said, Craig, you can win the World Championship of Public Speaking. Now I said... What are you talking about? I just lost a humorous speech contest at the club level. And he said, That's okay. The only thing wrong with your humorous speech was that it wasn't funny. Okay. Now, between the first and the second sentences there, when he says, Craig, you can win the World Championship of Public Speaking, what reaction would you expect from Craig at that time when he was still a fairly young speaker? In speaking terms. But of course, he would give a facial reaction like surprise or th- shrug his shoulders or something, but he would give a physical reaction. You can do that as you're giving your dialogue. So you give the first piece of dialogue and then you have your character give that facial response or that bodily response before you deliver the line. Okay? That makes sense, Paul? Paul is shaking his head. <laughs> total sense. Total, total sense.
1: Total sense because we are looking into each other's face while we're communicating.
0: Yeah, and that's very important. As we always say, that a huge part of communication is actually not verbal. It's body language and it's facial expression and it's physical actions, which all come together to give the correct meaning to what we're saying. So don't ignore the facial expressions. Don't ignore the bodily movements. Don't ignore the body language. Treat them all as one whole in the communication that we have. Okay, we've got time. We've got time for one more. So let's spin the wheel again. And let's go for number 31, which is sort of similar to what we've been just talking about. Let's see what it says. It says milk the moment. Come on, open up. That's it. Right. Okay, this is quite an interesting one. Many times things happen in our speeches that we don't expect. It might be something that occurs in the audience or with the microphone or with a reaction from an audience member. The problem is that Many speakers don't take advantage of these wonderful spontaneous moments. They are moments of gold. In fact, lots of speakers are afraid of them because they don't want to leave their own script. And I can certainly (laughs) say the same for me, that uh, I'm so focused on what I'm saying and on my script that uh, when I'm interrupted, I have difficulty in taking myself out of my script and onto The the thing that's happened. So back to Craig. an example, a few days ago, I took the stage following an Elvis impersonator. Now, I have to tell you, this Elvis guy sang for quite a long time. The problem started during my speech, though, when this Elvis, who had already finished this program, decided to wheel his cart out of the room. The cart was loud, and it gave this high-pitched sound that everyone in my audience could hear. So instead of going on with my speech, I said... Guess what happens if you start to share all your successes? Your audience begins to think, what? He's special. And that is the loudest cart that I have ever heard. That is a special cart. And then debrief. Get them to discuss it first. And when you debrief, whoa, boy, even the cart sings. (laughs) Do you hear it, Elvis? Elvis and his cart have left the building. Well, of course, you've got to be pretty well on the ball to be able to bring out the Elvis has left the building quote but you see what he's doing he's he's taking an interruption and he's linking that interruption with actually what he was saying and he's bringing it into his story now we're not necessarily as good as craig or as quick as craig but the idea is not to ignore it because you know your audience has seen whatever's happening you've seen or heard whatever is is happening. And if you use it to get a better connection with your audience by referring to it and bringing it up and bringing it in, especially if you could do it in in an amusing way, it's going to assist and not disrupt. But of course, you've also got to be able to get back into your script. Paul? Oh, look, I'm thinking of the project in the educational
1: program, which is all about dealing with interruptions. I want to be as good as Craig Valentine. So the next time I do that project, which actually, uh, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever done, but never mind. The main thing is that when I do it, I'm going to look for Craig's advice and practice the art of giving a humorous incorporation of what the interrupter has done. Into my speech, and then segue beautifully into the next point in my speech with all the audience on my side and the interrupter saying, Oh, wow, what a compliment! This has
0: been a win win. What do you think about that, Moira? Wouldn't that be good? I think it's an excellent idea. But, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, (laughs) uh, do take the opportunity if you've not done so of signing up for craig's 52 tips they are very good they are worth reading in full i've only given you a taster of the three that we've looked at and they are i think speaking tip gold how much do they cost moira how much it's do I have free to pay? it's free ad libitum it's free I've just fallen off the chair. <laughs> well, pick yourself up because uh, we need to bring this episode to a close and I would hate to do it with you lying on the floor. Folks, thanks for listening. Do come back next week where we'll have another four episodes for you. So from me, Moira O'Brien, and from my best friend, Paul O'Mani. goodbye for bye now. Bye-bye, listeners. Cheerio. <laughs>